the, the Christmas album. We're the gonna Christmas episode. <laughs> Christmas episode of nonsense. Yeah. Welcome to Design Much with Andy and Patrick. Well, hey, Patrick. Um, I want to welcome welcome all of you to the Design Much podcast, the podcast you listen to to level up your design game one bite size skill at a time. Yes, indeed. Uh, today, today we're going to talk to Andy Page, sitting across the table right here from me. Here I am. Um, <laughs> about the skills that he needed to move from uh, his graphic designer role to uh, to a UX role. Uh, before we get into that, though, we did get a couple questions on on the Twitters from Nathan Llewellyn and Ken Jackson. A couple of DMs. Uh, Nathan was asking just uh, uh, based on the last podcast with Nick Bluth. Nathan was asking about who we follow on Twitter or who we follow on Dribble, like anybody to get some inspiration from. Uh, Nicks are all like um, names that I can't pronounce. I don't know. Can you can you pronounce any of those? I'm not even going to try, man. <laughs> <laughs> and Nick, Nick isn't here to help us out today. So I'm going to give him my best try, though. Nick's got uh, Jacob Antelik. Antelik? Uh, some guy to follow on, on the Twitters. Or the uh, <laughs> the dribbles, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, okay, you gotta get you gotta you gotta take a stab at this next one. Okay, I'm gonna. <clears throat> so it looks like it's uh, Lonut Zemfir. That was kind of my guess. Yeah. And then Reggie. Pilera. Pilera. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Well, we can clarify with Nick. We'll put the links up in the show notes, mm-hmm. uh, so you can have that. But um, we're not great with names. Yeah. Our names are way simple. <laughs> um, and I was thinking about this uh, too. So I, I like Nick Slater. I follow Nick Slater on Dribble. Um, I really like his work a lot. He does a lot of illustrated work too, which I like find inspiration in. It doesn't directly relate to like product design necessarily, but mm-hmm. um, he's it's really great art artwork to look at and to uh, – figure out like color schemes and all kinds of stuff. I just find really good inspiration. Uh, the two companies that I like to follow for product design are Stripe and Asana. I feel like they have kind of hit a good, good brand. Uh, their products are really well designed. Um, and so I follow both of those companies. And then, uh, I've always followed Hootspa, the, the hood sisters <clears throat> on dribble. I always follow their work cause they do some amazing brand work. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then I also follow Jana Hagen pretty religiously. On dribble those yes. are kind of the ones that there's a lot more that i follow but those are kind of the main ones that's cool i followed nick slater too yeah got see. some good stuff that man um but yeah those are those are a lot of good stuff um i i tend to follow a lot of uh visual designers and graphic designers as well um so uh, for an example is um lara b um she's a really cool illustrator um she's based out of new york and she has a lot of um, really um a lot of really great stuff that's, you know, very based in what seems like her personality. So I, I really like how that shows through in her um, design style. So she has a lot of great stuff. I follow her on Dribble as well as on Twitter. I also like to follow um, Pablo Stanley as well. Oh, yeah. Good one. He's always got some good stuff up. Um, and um, Raji King, um, mm-hmm. he's got some really, I love his illustration style as well. Really I kind of thought Raji was like the he's like when you sign up for Dribble, you have to you have to <laughs> you have to follow him first. Yeah, he's like yeah, you, like it's a requirement. I think you can't by default him. you already are following him, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of speaking of Raji too, I follow uh, Super Team Deluxe. Mm-hmm. So that's I think uh, Justin Mazel isn't. Yeah, it's Mazel, Justin right? Mazel and, and Raji in that one. That's they they do some really cool stuff. No doubt, it's a good band too. Yeah, I follow them. <laughs> no, I don't, but <laughs> I should. And what am I doing? I should get on Twitter right now and follow. No doubt. Except Gwen Stefani's doing all that Christmas stuff right now, and I'm not. I'm not super pumped about it. It's Christmas time. Why shouldn't she do her yeah, Christmas stuff? Yeah, but it just doesn't seem right. She's not allowed to do Christmas stuff. <laughs> no. <laughs> that means she's like washed up, right? Isn't that what that means? She's a sellout? Yeah, she's done. Like she's going to be doing a show in Vegas with Slandy on oh, next, right? Oh, okay. She's jumping the Stark is what you're saying. Yeah. She's like, okay. Retiring, yeah. I should say. Yeah. A band like Nickelback jumped the shark and they're out. But like <laughs> she's still really talented. And she'd be doing stuff, but now she's doing a Christmas album, and now she's going to be probably playing in Vegas. It's, it's possible. With the rest of them. But it is also possible to consider the fact that maybe she just wants to do Christmas because she loves Christmas time, right? She she wants to contribute to that world. Yeah, you never know, man. <laughs> um, so the other question we got from Ken Jackson, we got a question, a DM from Ken Jackson about, and he asked a bunch of questions about, are kind of related to senior designers. Um, that we would really like to address in another podcast, bring like a really good senior designer in and talk to him about it. But he asked, he asked, he asked like, what fundamentals do senior designers use? How do they apply that? Um, what resources do they, do they go to for, for those fundamentals? And then also like one really interesting question that I think would be a definitely another question for another podcast is what companies use gestalt principles, uh, really well. And that could be like a whole, that could be like in and of itself, that could be a whole entire podcast i think that would be interesting yeah um or a workshop for that matter because then we could show uh we could show pictures can't do that on a podcast no can't man but we could show examples and talk about that yeah maybe that's a workshop idea for workshop number one ding yeah Hmm? um but one question he did ask that i think i can answer is do senior designers still rely on the 10 uh kind of jacob nielsen heuristics and the answer to that is yes oh good I would hope they do. Let me, uh, for, for everybody who's not super familiar with the, the 10 heuristics, Jacob Nelson. So Jacob Nelson back in like, I don't know, 1675, something like that way back in the day. Uh, I think it was the mid nineties when I was in high school, but, uh, way back then he defined 10, uh, usability principles. So 10 heuristics for interface design. And uh, I'll just quickly go through them and then, um, and then you'll know why we still like, they, they definitely apply. Uh, and then we'll put the link in the show notes, but visibility to system status is, is the first one. Um, just making sure that the user has visibility into what the system is doing. So feedback, uh, the second one is match between system and the real world. Uh, this one's a little bit loose nowadays, but this was more when everything was really skeuomorphic. Like, does it match? Uh, a, a human metaphor that we already know and understand, like a desktop or a yeah, garbage tr- can, can yeah. something like that. Um, the next one is user control and freedom. So the user should feel like they're in control of the application and the application is not in control of them. And then they have the freedom to kind of like do what they need to do in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, consistency and standards. This is big. This one's one that's we fight with all the time. But does it meet like your company's consist- uh, branding guidelines? Is it consistent with that? Is it consistent with uh, the internet? Um, if you're a, if you're like a automobile website where you sell automobile parts, is it consistent with the language that they use in the, in the automobile industry? Like that's kind of what that means. Uh, error prevention. This is a big one. 
Uh, error prevention, just are you designing in a way that prevents people from making errors rather than um, telling them they made an error, right? So just different ways to, to eliminate errors. Um, one way is, you know, kind of kind of hiding the trash can so that they can't accidentally delete things. That's, that's, that's one way. Uh, recognition rather than recall. So this one's a little bit tricky, but this one's really important, I think. And this is one I constantly probably think about, uh, even kind of as a senior designer role is, can my users recognize what's happening rather than they have to think about what's happening? So if, if I give them an icon and it's a new icon, are they going to recognize what this icon means the first time? And then more importantly, are they going to recognize what it means the second or third time down the road? Yeah. And that goes with visual elements plus also like behaviors. Um, and then the next one is flexibility and efficiency of use. Um, so these, he calls these accelerators. Um, but these are the things that help users spin up in the application a lot, a lot faster. So, um, and then, and then also just maintain efficiency so they can get things done quicker. Uh, the next one is aesthetic and minimalist design. So, um, is it, is, is the design, is the design modern? Does it, does it distinguish itself from other designs like it? Um, is it minimalist? So it doesn't get in the way of the function of the application, that kind of stuff. Uh, and then this one's another really important one that I think everybody forgets about. Uh, the eighth one is help users recognize, diagnose, and recover from errors. Um, that's one I think we forget when we're designing basically for the happy path all the time. Mm -hmm. Like we always forget and developers are good at calling us out on these things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait that's a the minute. first question. What happens if, you know, if you click there, like, oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, I forgot that if yep. they clicked on the wrong thing, it would work. Or like the one thing that we never, that I always fight with even today is like, well, what happens if the server doesn't save the thing that they just created? And you're like, I don't know. I guess it just doesn't save. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but you have to you have to tell the user um, exactly what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then the next one, which we probably don't rely on too much as UX designers is help and documentation. We probably rely on other people at our company if we work at a company for that kind of thing. But we do have to facilitate that communication. And when we build new products and design new things that are documentation and help people um, like get that information so they know that they can provide that information in an appropriate way to the user when things happen. Yeah. Does that sound good, Andy? It does. So I have a question for you. This, this yeah. question was mostly geared toward like senior designers, right? Yeah. So what type, which, which one of these um, items do you feel like is very lacking that maybe junior designers don't have like right out of the gate, like that they don't have a good understanding of? Is there any of these that pop out to you as something that maybe they could focus on? Um, well, the, the air recognition one is big. I don't, I think that's something that we forget, like as senior designers too, we forget that all the time. But um, yeah, if you design a, if you design a workflow, you should design what happens when something goes wrong, mm -hmm. right? Um, we're used to designing in that that quote unquote happy path where everything just magically happens wonderfully for the user, and we forget about um, you know how they're actually going to recover from something. Like if they delete this thing on accident, like what are they actually going to do? And it might be that they have to call in to the call center to do it, um, but what's the path? What's the user experience for that? Um, or there's a way you can do it in app. I don't know. That one I think is one that. Uh, is, is one that you should at least recognize as a junior designer. The, the other one is probably aesthetic and minimalist design. Like we talked about with Nick on visual design, that takes a lot of practice. Yeah. And so I think right out of the gate, that's not something that a junior designer is really going to have uh, nailed down exactly. I think a lot of the other ones are probably things that can be taught. 
mm-hmm. um, more or less, or they're more concepts or ideas. And some of them are just checkbox items. Like, um, yeah, is this thing, does this thing have an air state? Yeah. Does it's this thing provide feedback? Yeah. yeah. Like those are more like checkboxes, right? That you can mm-hmm. say it does. Uh, but that one I think is probably the hardest one. And I think this is the reason why we always debate like design, right? Yeah, I think the rest of them are, I think the rest of them are fairly easy to kind of spin up on. Cool. So now can I ask you questions, Andy? Yeah, you can ask me some questions. Okay. Yeah. We want to talk to Andy about, uh, about going from graphic design to UX design. I've heard a lot of people like in our design communities talk about that. Like, I'm a graphic designer. I want to get UX design. What do I do? Uh, how do I get into it? That kind of stuff. Um, one, you already have really strong visual design skills. Yeah. So it's pretty easy, actually, I think. Mm-hmm. If I was a graphic designer, I think it'd be pretty easy. i just go over to the other side of the, the office, set up a desk, join a team, and start designing. That's all right? it is, right? Yeah. Before we get into the kind of the skills, I just want to ask you, how, how long did you do graphic design for? Uh, I did graphic design for four years before okay. I became a UX designer. And was that at like an agency or a company? Um, primarily for marketing departments. So just for companies, it wasn't on an agency level at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. And mostly just graphic design, like marketing assets type stuff? Yeah. And then when? how long have you been doing UX? I've been doing UX for uh, over two years, probably about two and a half years. Okay. Um, so during that transition, you're your graphic designer. You're happy. You're making banner ads, I assume, for websites. Oh, yeah. Ads. I'm doing wet web and print stuff, all that fun. Just everything. Yeah, just everything. Oh yeah. What was the uh what was the motivation to go into UX? Uh for me personally, I'm a really big fan of technology. And so like I'm the kind of person who like geeks out about computers and um new software and all that stuff. So I love software. And um I love the idea of like designings for software. So like um like I would always switch like between Android phones and iPhones just because I liked playing with the new, the new <laughs> software. And when you first met me, I think I was on an Android phone, and mm-hmm. I think you judged me for that, right? I judged you, yeah, actually, big that. time. <laughs> but I was in my cycle, man. But yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I, I liked, I really liked using software, using different devices, and um, I really liked the idea of kind of merging those two things of my love for design and my love for technology. Um, so that's that was kind of the, the main drive for me wanting to transfer um, to to move um, over to UX. Would a secondary driver of that be salary? Yes, it definitely okay. would. Yeah, I just want to get that out there and be <laughs> honest with everybody. There's there's the there's the altruism of coming into UX, and there's the reality that yeah, like you can get a pretty significant bump. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so when you when you decided to go into UX. Uh, what skills initially, like, let's talk about the skills that you learned. What skills initially did you identify that you needed to, to, to learn to, to do that? Yeah. So when I was, um, when I moved into UX, um, it was primarily for my visual design skills. Um, like literally it was like, we want you to pretty up our, our website or our, our app, right? Because we want to be able to sell it better. That was like the main reason I was able to do it. Um, so I, I had those visual design skills. But I quickly realized I did not have any of the skills that I needed in order to do like the research, to do usability testing, to interact with the the actual user, the customers, and figure out like what would be the best solution. Um, And I think a skill that I didn't quite have as much as I should have is the empathy needed Mm. um, to build a good product for another person other than myself. 
Yeah. We hear that word a lot, right? It's empathy. a big one. Yeah. Everybody's yakking about empathy all the time. Seriously. How do you build, how do you, how did you build that skill though? Like, how do you, like everybody's like, Hey, you got to have empathy, but how do you actually, uh, how do you actually build that skill? Is that a skill? Like, I think empathy is definitely a skill. I think it's something like nobody is born with empathy. I think like you, it's something you have to develop over time. Um, and I can't quite say I've, you know, I totally have all the empathy I need. I'm never going to. Um, but I think I was able to build that more by really understanding this, this product isn't like for me, I'm not designing it for my wants and needs. It's for somebody else. And then the next step was actually getting into what are those people's needs and wants? Like, what do they want to be able to do and how can this product actually make their lives better? Um, so I was able to do that, of course, by actually, you know, interviewing my customers, um, you know, getting to know what their job is like, what is their day to day? What are their goals? What are the roadblocks they have with our software now? Like how are we making their, their life harder and not easier? Um, and being able to take those and translate them into actual products that can um, enhance their lives. So kind of what I hear you saying is like the first step is to go out and dis- and like literally discover their point of view. right? Yeah. And then that leads to the empathy that leads to the problems that leads to the discovery. Got to right? walk a mile in their shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a half mile. You got to walk like, like at least mile? 5K maybe. <laughs> so that's like two and a half miles. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> you multiply by 10 and carry the one. Is that what you do? No, you just ask Google. That's oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so is, was that like the main skill that you needed, that you felt like you needed in your like Batman tool belt to be a UX designer? I think that was like the biggest one. I think that's one of the most important skills you can have. Visual design is super important, but if you don't have empathy, you're not going to be successful. Yeah. So discovering that you needed empathy probably led you down to other skills that you needed to discover, like secondary skills. Yeah. Uh, what What were some of those more practical secondary skills that you needed to learn how to do in order to even discover somebody's point of view? Um, I guess the first initial skill is like actually conducting a, a, a well-constructed like interview with a, a user, like asking them the right questions and formalizing formalizing those questions beforehand and figuring out what I need to know from them. And then um, when I ask them those questions, digging deeper, I'm trying to really get to know this person as a person. Um, and um, just also a big skill is like actually how to do a usability test. So w- when I have a design and I'm bringing it in front of them, um, allowing them to, you know, click through that test and seeing if what I've designed actually does go along with what their expectations are. Um, so those were definitely some, some of those tools and, and skills that I needed to enhance that I had no experience with as a graphic designer. So when you did, when you learned, uh, digging deeper, speaking of digging deeper, uh, <laughs> when you're learning to interview, like what, what, uh, tools did, did you talk to somebody about how to properly interview? Did you read a book? Did, what, what kind of things, how did you learn that skill to um, be a better interviewer? So I, I did go. I did go to some websites and just, you know, Google things, um, ask like some typical questions you can ask. And when you're doing interviews, um, I've also gone to conferences where I've been able to learn some really good questions to ask users. Um, and then formalizing a basic skeleton of what I want to ask them and then trying to take their answers. And then the digging deeper part is taking their answers and asking another question based on that answer mm-hmm. is how you can really dig deep and, get more information that's it's not so top level you know based yeah. on your questions the the five whys yeah why did you why did you uh 
Yeah, just just keep asking why. Just keep asking why until but, they get annoyed. But why? Yeah. Uh, from a usability testing standpoint, then, when you're trying to learn usability testing, like what what kind of things did you to, did you do to learn how to run a usability test? In the beginning, it was like, so I'm showing you this prototype. What do you think? And I, I would click through it, right? Like first you go here and I'd explain every little thing and all my thought process of, you know, how this, this flow should be to solve their solution, to solve their problem. Um, and I realized like, and they're, they're always like, yeah, that's great. I love it. But then if they actually go to use it themselves, they don't, it doesn't make any sense, you know? Um, so like I quickly had to learn, like you let them drive, you let them, you know, figure out the way through this flow to see if it actually does make sense. And even if they're struggling through it, let them struggle, figure out, you know, why they're struggling. And it's a little bit awkward sometimes, but it's good to actually um, get that real sense of what's happening with the user. Um, yeah, basically figuring out from their point of view what's going on. And that's it's a, the whole point of a usability test. So really one skill that I hear you saying is like, you have to learn to leave the user hanging yeah. at some point. Yeah. Um, when you built pro when, when you were a graphic designer and doing graphic design work, did you ever prototype anything? I did prototype. I, I did build mocks for some items. I didn't do any like strict prototyping where I would actually test it with users at all. I would basically build mockups and send them to devs. That's, that's a, the extent of like yeah. my, my, my prototyping would be putting screens together in a slide and show them to like the CEO. Yeah. That's basically it. Slide meaning like, like a keynote type thing. Sure. It, it would be like, um, yeah, like you you click here or you enter in this field and then I go to the next slide and then this is what you see, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> so when you were learning how to prototype, what were some of the skills that you felt like you were lacking in prototyping? Soft skills, hard skills, like obviously you probably didn't know any prototyping tools. Yeah, I, I didn't use any prototyping tools. It was mainly the soft skills of figuring out um, how do I let the user do this? Like how do I actually learn from this? So like, again, that stepping back um, and allowing them to do their, do their thing. Um, that was the main thing I had to learn from prototyping for sure. Cool. Um, what was the first prototyping tool that you used? Do you remember? Envision. Was Envision? Yeah. Um, did you ever, did you ever code? I know we're going to get into a sensitive area here. Yeah. Did you ever code any of your prototypes? Um, I did code some email templates. Um, I didn't quite use them as prototypes, but I did actually have to code some like actual assets that I would of course share with people before we, we actually launched anything. So yeah. I would code them and then hand them off to developers to make them better. <laughs> but yeah. So I think the, the, the argument should, should designers code? I think that's a wrong argument. I think should designers code email templates? Yeah. Is the bigger one, because I think if you haven't <laughs> coded an email template before you just haven't lived your life. That's true. Yeah, before then, I actually don't remember my life before I, you know, started coding. Emails. Yeah, like you, you just don't even know. It's no. like living on the edge. It's yeah. like going, uh, it's like jumping out of an airplane in the sky. Exactly. Coding an email template. <laughs> it's a wild times. <laughs> so you've been doing UX for a couple of years now. Is there anything you're still feeling like, like what are the skills right now that you are refining? Like what are you still continually working on? Um, definitely in, in the, the user department, the empathy, like I, I feel like I still need to gain better empathy into what, you know, our users, like how they use our app and all that stuff. Um, so I'm, I think I always am going to be refining that department for sure. Um, figuring out better ways to do usability testing and, um, to do interviews. So it's, um, I'm always feeling like I'm definitely trying to grow in those departments. Um, in visual design, I, I do feel comfortable with visual design. 
but at the same time, I, I see a lot of things that are really great as I, you know, look at, you know, these, these other designers for inspiration. And so I, I try to um, emulate that and I try to, you know, learn those aspects as well. But um, I feel like the, the main things that I do have to grow in are the, the, the actual UX portion. Still revolving around a lot of empathy building and understanding. Yeah. POV point of view. Um, <clears throat> so I think any practical application like we do, any trade that we do, because design is essentially just a trade, right? Of course. Um, involves practice. And we talked about this a little bit with Nick last week. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you like practice empathy or interview skills? Like how do you practice these things? Usability testing. Like what are the things that you do to, to hone those skills? Yeah, so that's a, that's a great question. I think a lot of the practice that actually comes through is actually doing it, like just getting out and doing it as much as you can. And then I think it's really good, and I don't always do this, but it's good to kind of do a retrospective, like how well did, do you think that went, and maybe write some notes down on how, where you can improve. And um, you can look, um, I, I think there's, there's always new stuff coming out about how you can be better at these things. So it's always good to, to remember to go and look that stuff up and, you know, read articles watch videos or whatever. Um, but it's always good to have that. So I think the best form of practice is just do it as much as you can. Cause that, that's kind of hard to do that sort of thing. Like yeah. on your own, <laughs> you can ask yourself questions. Um, you know, you can ask your, your best friend some questions or you can just go out and do it. Like just, just schedule as many interviews as you can with your users. And that's, that's not going to hurt anybody. Yeah. So people who don't work for, cause I mean, we're pretty fortunate here to, yeah. to work at a place where we, we have really good access to users mm-hmm. um, and we can, we can schedule them anytime we want kind of a thing. Um, we have really great PMs too. that can, they can help us get things scheduled. But for somebody that's like lone wolf designer at a company, yeah. uh, maybe they don't have intercom or they have like a good, a good access to user base. Like what, what kind of things do you have any recommendations for somebody to, to practice those skills? Cause obviously they want to maintain and they want to hone those skills. Mm-hmm. That's... Do you have any, do you have any <laughs> tips for, it's definitely tough. And I've actually been there. What I, I didn't know, like I was the lone designer there and there wasn't really a good design process, you know, in my previous position and um, figuring out how to do that stuff was difficult. So I did have to go on my own and do that research by myself. Mm-hmm. And the only practice I could really do was the limited times that I could actually speak with users. Um, and I, I think a good thing as well is uh, we, we have a great community here of, of designers and reaching out to those designers and talking to them about how they can, you know, how they reach out to their people. How do they grow a better user base um, that they can speak with, I think is huge. So that's that's definitely a difficult thing that I don't quite have, like, a solid, like, you should do this to, <laughs> to do that practice. But I feel like um, you should, as a designer, if you don't have a really strong um, user base that you can reach out to, try to grow that base and try to... Um, basically try to give give yourself more opportunities to talk to people yeah no that's really good stuff you did you did mention uh doing like a retrospective mm-hmm. um like when does that retrospective happen during the process oh well that's tough because it's not exactly part of the process of the design process right so i feel like um as a designer i think it's like good when you're when you're going through a design process and you you go through the steps you need to do and it's all great and then maybe you get to the step where you're you're shipping you know, your, your, your assets to development and, you know, they're starting to work on them. Of course, you're still in the project, but that could be a good point for you to look back and say, where can I improve in these, these many steps of the process? Um, 
And of course, um, user testing could be one of those. So as you're going along the way, it could be a good idea to take notes of what's going on um, with those processes. At a, however way you track your work, there could be a place where you can take notes um, of how you could improve while you're in the, that space. So if it's a very long project and you're end of that project, uh, maybe you want to, you know, you don't remember everything. So it's good to take notes, I think, throughout that, that process. And I'm not great at that. I think it's hard to do, especially when you're, when you're in, um, in the process itself. Um, but I think that's something I want to get better at. So I can take those notes and be able to look back and see, oh, I, I've, I remember at this point that I can improve in this small aspect. So I could try this the next time I'm at that point of the process. Uh, so now, two years later, looking back when you had your conversion from graphic design to <laughs> UX design, uh, you said your main goal really was, uh, well, money, right? Obviously. That uh, was my secondary goal, man. Secondary goal, yeah, sorry. Yeah, come on. Money's, money's always the main goal. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, your, your, your number one goal was being more involved in technology, improving people's lives, looking at things holistically. Uh, would you say that you've, you've accomplished that goal? Like, did, are you satisfied where you're at doing that? Absolutely. Like, I, I, as I'm doing, like, usability testing, as I'm doing, like, validation, I can see, you know, as I'm on calls with users, I can see like how excited they are. Like, oh, this is going to help me out so much. This is going to decrease my work time by this much. And it's it's literally changing their lives. It's allowing their lives to be better. So like our, the things that we're building are, is enhancing somebody else's lives. And I'm seeing that through technology. And I think that's really awesome. Um, so I definitely get that satisfaction. Um, I'm also able to like, it's just it's fun working at a, a tech company, you know, where you're, you're, you're changing things and you're you're growing so much. And so I, I think it's um, definitely very exciting. Um, I, I cannot complain. I'm a lucky man. Nice. So what I hear you saying is that marketing doesn't improve anybody's life. That's what I hear you saying. <laughs> I, I felt... <laughs> I, I can say as a graphic designer working in marketing, I did not see the, the effects of any of my work. Mm-hmm. any at all like i would i've designed these amazing things right <clears throat> they're beautiful and i the effects i would see are like maybe more sales right but it wasn't like one-to-one and i never got to see that that like the light up in somebody's eyes when they yeah. see the thing you create when they see a flash banner ad with it yeah <laughs> they're like oh that's a, it's yeah. amazing <laughs> <laughs> so your your satisfaction level from zero to one as a graphic designer yeah 10, 10 being, did I say zero to one? I meant zero to 10. It's not a binary uh, question. Three, five. <laughs> uh, zero to 10, satisfaction level of being a graphic designer. What was it? I liked being a graphic designer because I could really build a lot of awesome things. I, I would say I was probably around a 6.5, maybe a 6 as a graphic designer. And then UX, UX are now product designer. What's your satisfaction level? <laughs> I would say a nine. Nice. Yeah. Do you have a, that's all the questions I have for you, Andy. Yeah. Do you, do you have any other thoughts or anything that any other questions or any thoughts that come up? Um, I don't think so. I think that, that covers it pretty well. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks. That's good information. It's really good information. Uh, and now we'll play some music. Now we're back. 
uh, I, I wrote down a couple of things. Uh, listening, you know, interviewing, looking at the interview, what you talked about. I didn't uh, personally come from a graphic design background. I studied a little bit in college or whatever, but I uh, just came out kind of as an interaction designer. So I didn't really know. I didn't really work at an agency or anything like that. Um, the things that kind of were surprising to me was the interview skills and uh, kind of the practice that goes in that. The one thing I learned is the practice of that. I feel like over the last probably six months here, I haven't interviewed as many people as I should have. Um, the other thing I learned too is um, uh, building the empathy through understanding their point of view. Because I think all, a lot of times we always hear, you need to have empathy as a designer, but we never hear how to get empathy as yeah. a designer. Like, what does that even mean? Does that mean I have to be like, oh yeah, I really get you. You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, I really understand you. It means you... you- sign some really great personas and you, you really get that person at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly, we did a lot of interviews and we really understand that this person represents a wide swath of people that we yeah. don't understand or know. No, but the one thing about empathy is, is from, from what you said was just going out and, and how to get, how, how to see their point of view, right. Is where you're really going to build empathy mm-hmm. and see it from their eyes, walk a mile in their shoes, walk a 5k in their shoes. Yeah. Did you have any lessons learned from your own interview? <laughs> Um, yeah, I think uh, along those same lines, like the kind of really understanding the difference between graphic design and, you know, user experience design is really understanding a user and building something for them. I felt like I had some of those principles as a graphic designer. Like I understood, like, if I wanted to design a flyer, I had to have some understanding of how this person would read this, you know, based on the way I'm designing it. Um they're probably going to skim this whole thing. They're not going to read all of it. So they're going to go to the call to action. Right. So like yeah. there was, there was some like aspects that I, I, I felt like I knew, um, especially on the visual design side, but I didn't quite understand because I had never spoken to any of the users. I had no idea like <laughs> what these people were really like <laughs> and what they really cared about. Um, so there, yeah, there was that whole lack of empathy there. And I was just designing things that I felt like designing, which is fun too. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but it's about a 6.5 on the satisfaction yeah, scale. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Talking to the user to get you more up to like a 9. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, cool. And yeah. I think um, I'm going to keep going, actually. I'm not done. Oh, you're not Yeah, done? don't cut me off, You have please. lots more lessons that you learned from more. your own interview? Oh, yeah, man. Nice. All right. <laughs> I'm always teaching myself. It's a good thing to, as you're a designer, you should always be teaching yourself. <laughs> um, but... Um, I think definitely like this also reminded me the the importance of having that retrospective. Like I haven't really done that very well, as I mentioned before, um, but like figuring out how you're a good designer and, and maybe even like writing down those points, like this is going well and this is what's not going as well. And this is where you can improve and you can do that every time you're designing something. Um, so I think that's something I should improve and practice more um, so I can uh, become better and have more empathy as well. That's a good one. That's something I learned from my own interview. That's a good one. No, that's a really good one. Yeah. Did you have any other? No, that's it. Um, cool. Yeah. If you guys are out, if you're, if anybody's listening to this and you've got, you're kind of a graphic designer going into UX or you did that, uh, hit us up on Twitter. If you have any questions, uh, you want to ask us, we'll, we'd love to ask them in the next podcast or even on Twitter or whatever. Mm. Um, I don't know how to close the show. <laughs> Just stare at each we, other and expect it to out, go away. We worked out how to open the show. We didn't work <laughs> on how to close the show. Thank you for listening to Design Much. It's been real fam.